And what a joy. You know, God is good all the time. Amen? Amen? And uh, this past week I was working, and actually I told Ralph, he had texted me, and uh, I told him, I said, I hadn't finished my message. I was working. I had preached this one message I thought about bringing this morning, but I wanted to change some things in it as the Lord was leading, and it was going to bring a message out of the book of Psalms. And then this morning, I was just sitting in my study, looking at looking at my notes. I was just thinking, you know, God is good. And, and uh, he just touched my heart to bring a totally different message than what I prepared. And now I can see why. Because sitting in Sunday school class this morning, wow, where's Steve? Where's he at? Well, Sunday school class was awesome. And, you know, there was a couple times in Sunday school class where my eyes got a little watery, okay? And it was so good because I'm thinking, you know, he's talking about the galaxies and all the stars and how huge huge those are out there and and the size of them. I can't even pronounce the trillion and billions and all those numbers, okay? But it was so good. And then I'm thinking, wow, and here's the golf ball, you know? And I'm a little tiny speck on that golf ball. And God, as one of the last songs we sang, says he's got my name engraved in his hand. And I'm on that golf ball. And he's, uh, he's, you know, such a huge God, but he's got my name engraved in his hand. How awesome is that? You know, you just can't even think of the words to describe an almighty God like that. That he loves this sinful scoundrel. But then he'd go to the cross of Calvary and, and let his blood be shed for me. You know, and it's just what a, you just you just can't imagine, you just can't put it into perspective. Well, this morning I was reading some scripture and then came into this passage that I'm preaching out of today in John chapter 17. If you turn there, I've preached this message before, but what a what a enlightenment today after Sunday school class after the worship service we've had so many so many songs that just tied in with this of the awesomeness of Jesus Christ amen it's okay to say amen okay folks it's okay to do that God is awesome Jesus Christ is awesome and then to think that the almighty all-powerful God and all that galaxy that we learned about this morning was there. And then, some million years later, or thousands of years later, God said, it's okay for Don Kelly to come into this world. It's okay to put that, that baby on March 1st, 1959, on that golf ball. And, you know what? On January 22nd, 1974, Don was put into my family, and I got him engraved in my hand. I'm just like, wow, that's exciting, folks. You know, that's exciting. And then, as I was thinking this morning, not even knowing what Sunday school was going to be about or your worship service was going to be about this morning, to think that that almighty God let His only begotten Son, one of a kind, go to the cross of Calvary for me, 
for one reason, to cleanse me from all unrighteousness and to be able to come into his family. What an awesome God we have. And he loves us, folks. He loves us. And just to think, we're just a speck, but he loves us. And then, as I'm thinking about this some more this morning and came to this passage again, I said, i got to preach this this morning instead of the one I was going to do. It was just a God thing. To think that Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, fully man yet fully God, prayed for you. Prayed for me. And that's what that passage is about. Here's the God of all the universe, of all creation, of everything, that created everything, took time to pray for me and for you. What an awesome God we serve. Just a humbling thought. So John chapter 17, I'm going to read through the whole chapter, so follow with me. I'm reading out of the King James, so I hope that doesn't confuse you a whole lot. I preach and teach out of the King James. I cross-reference with all kinds of different translations so that I'm preparing messages. I just, I just so been so used to the King James. But just follow with me the best you can. Beginning at verse 1. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come, glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should have eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is the eternal life, that, 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 might know, that, that they may, might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. And I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou hast given to me. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world. Here's Jesus praying to God the Father about himself. Taking time to pray to God the Father about himself, saying, Lord, may you be glorified through me. And because of that, people will come to the saving knowledge of me, eternal life. And that's more or less what he's saying here. Then verse 6. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou hast given me out of the world. Thine, they were not out of the world. Thine, they were, and thou hast given me them, and have kept my word. Now they have done that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. Hear that? Woo! Jesus is praying now for his disciples. He's praying for the 12 men, or at this time, the 11 men, okay? He's praying for his disciples, okay? I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but I pray for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine, and all thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep thou thine own name. Those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Here's God praying for his eleven disciples. And I say eleven disciples because Judas had betrayed Jesus at this time. And this is just before Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. 
And so he's got his 11 disciples left over. He's praying to God the Father to protect his 11 disciples as he knows the day is coming. He's going to the cross, and then he's leaving. And, and, and a, 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 after the cross, he resurrections, and then he goes for the ascension to heaven. So he's praying for his disciples. God the Father, you gave me this man. Protect them. Then verse 12, or verse 13. And now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou shouldest keep them from the evil. And they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them, or set them apart, them through the truth. Thy word is truth. And as thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I sent them into the world. For their, for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Now these next six verses, folks, if, if you get anything, Get these next six verses. How powerful. Here's God again, he'd, or Jesus Christ. He'd been praying to his Father about himself. That God would be glorified through him. And then he prayed for his 11 disciples. And now, here's the Lord Jesus Christ, who's got our hands, his name's written on our hand, who died on the cross of Calvary for us, is praying for us. Pray for the church. Look at verse 20. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one as our Father art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me in the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and thou in me, and they may be made perfect in one. That the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewithin thou hast loved me may it be in them, and I in them. Now we know the first five verses of this passage, a little bit more than that, but the first five verses of this passage, as I said, Jesus is praying for himself to God the Father. And then verses 6 through 19, Jesus was praying for his remaining 11 disciples. But our key passage we're going to be looking at today is verses 20 through 26, where Jesus is praying for future believers and praying for the church. Think about that, folks. Here, the creator of the universe, before we were even thought of, before we were born back then, 
was praying for us. The creator of the universe of all the cosmic that we learned about this morning and, and how we're on that golf ball and I'm just a speck on that golf ball. Here's Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, praying for us. Wow. Now folks, if that doesn't light a spark, if that doesn't get some emotion, if that doesn't get you excited about Jesus Christ, then folks, you better check your heart. You better check your heart. How awesome is that? That Jesus Christ prayed for us. The prayer that Jesus, the prayer of Jesus, he had you and me in mind. Before we were ever brought into this world, he thought about us. You know, how many centuries later that we can know our great priest prayed for us now. Think about it. God's word says our great high priest prayed for us. Before he went to the cross of Calvary. Folks, oh, I hope, I hope that lights a spark. I hope that it makes you humble, but also so thankful for a Savior that prayed for you. Before he went to the cross of Calvary. This prayer, folks, has been answered. You know, in the, in the passage, in, in this one part of the passage here, it speaks about that He wants us all to be one as the Father and I am one. What's He talking about here? Jesus is talking about His church, the body, the believers. All of us to be one, to be united in oneness. So Jesus is praying for the believers here. He says, Father, you and I are one. And, and look how my disciples and us were one and we were united and we worked together. And, and now, Lord, I'm leaving, but you and I are one. And I'm praying for the future believers that they will be one in unity, Father, as you and I will be. Think about that. He prayed for First Baptist Church of Mount Pleasant before it was even conceived that this body of believers would be one. The God that created all our universe, all our stars, all the, the mightiness of everything prayed for your unity. And here we are, First Baptist Church, and the members here on a golf ball. And we're a speck. Get it? And here's Jesus before he goes to the cross of Calvary praying for your unity, for your oneness, that you'd be close to him like he's close to his father. That's the love. That's the almighty God that we serve. That's the almighty God that we should say, I want to do anything and everything I can to serve him and honor him. And glorify Him. He prayed for your unity. He prayed for unity. Did you get that? Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 says, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Jesus knew back then there was going to be people coming to the saving knowledge of Him. And He knew that anyone who's placed their faith in Him becomes part of the body, part of the body of the church. And he prayed for that unity. You know, I have brothers and sisters in the Lord in Ghana, West Africa. I have brothers and sisters in the Lord in Iraq. 
I have brothers and sisters in the Lord all the way across the sea or across town. And Jesus Christ was praying, I want unity. I want us to get along. I want us to... I want, I want them to serve together and to unify together. I love the old song, the old hymn, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Are you? Are you? Come on, say amen for I can hear. Are you glad you're a part of the family of God? Amen. amen. Yeah. Yeah, say it like you mean it, okay, folks? I'm so glad I'm the part of the family of God and that God says, I'm praying for you. You little speck on a golf ball. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. And I'm praying that you'll be unified. That you'll be close. And then... Verse 23, I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. I am in them and thou in me. How wonderful, folks. Jesus is saying, I'm in them. They're part of me. I love them. I was part, I created them. I and them, and them and me. And he's praying for us of that close, intimate relationship. The Holy Spirit, folks, comes and dwells within us once we have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And he's in us. And he dwells in us. And he wants to have that ultimate, close, intimate relationship with us. I and them, and them and me. How wonderful. What an awesome, loving God, folks. Think of that. Huh? Think of that. What we learn in Sunday school today, the creator of everything says, I want to be in them. I want to have that relationship with them. I want to grow with them and they grow with me and, and they know me and I know them. This little speck on a golf ball. Jesus says, I want to know him. I want that close intimacy. And he's praying to his Father in heaven for those new believers that would be coming forth. And has loved them as thou hast loved me. Wow. Jesus is saying, I'm going to love them just like, Father, you love me. That little speck on that golf ball. Think about that. He loves me. This rotten, filthy, scumball sinner, Jesus Christ has forgiven and He loves me. And He loves you. And He loved you before you were even created. But He knew you in your mother's womb. He's prayed for you. And then just to think, it overwhelms me to think about that. Especially after the lesson we had in Sunday school. It just overwhelmed me. Yeah? That was awesome. If you weren't there, boy, you got you to come back and hear it. It was awesome that the God of this universe, of all creation, spoke in stars that are trillion, billion, zillion, quadrillion, and, you know, I need somebody here to say all the numbers, loves me and prayed for me. Loves you and prayed for your church for unity, for strength. And said, I want to love them, Father, like you love me. 
just overwhelms me. That the world may believe that God sent Christ. See what he's saying here? He's starting to talk about evangelism, isn't he? He's praying, Father, I want them to know I love them and they love me and they know that I love them like you love me and Lord, that they'll be unified so that the world will see me and can come to know Jesus Christ. That's what he prayed for. Before he even went to the cross of Calvary. This was just hours before he went. And he's praying for you. Almighty God of creation prayed for you. Folks, I run into people all the time in, in many different situations because of the, 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 the calling God or the place that God's got on my life right now as a full-time hospice chaplain. I run into all different denominations. I run into all different belief systems. I run into all different type of people who have, don't, don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Or they, at one time, was very active with their faith in their church. But something happened that turned them off from Christianity. And they walked away from the church. And they walked away from a relationship with Christ. And and sometimes they say, well, it's just because the church that I went to wasn't unified. Now, don't take this wrong. No church is perfect. But I see that so often out there. And here is Jesus praying before he goes to Gethsemane for unity of the body. That you would love each other. That you'd love him like he loves you and like his father loves you. And he wants to show forth his love like the father loved him to you. Why? So that the lost world would want that relationship too. And folks, you can do that here. As believers, you can do that here. When Jesus prayers, folks, he was praying for unity within the body, within, within the body as a whole, within the church. I pray you'll be unified. You know, it's very, very difficult. And I'm just, I'm just sharing the truth because I've been in many, many churches. And scripture says where there's no pastor, where there's no shepherd, the sheep will scatter. I hope you don't scatter. I hope you don't scatter. And I'm praying for God's leading for your church, for whatever man brings that comes along, that would be God's man for your church to lead your church. But in the meantime, stay unified. Stay working together. Stay uplifting each other. Keep keep it standing beside each other. Preach, having somebody preaching the word and the music honoring Jesus Christ. Stay unified because he loves you and he wants the body unified. He wants you marching forward for other lives can be affected. Let me ask you a question. Just answer it yourself. If you took time this week and maybe had a a committee of people get together and say, you know what, we're just going to canvas our neighborhood. Just our our mile square neighborhood here. And you went door to door and you you maybe gave them some type of a survey. And and it was a yes or no or answer survey question on there. What do they think of First Baptist Church of Mount Pleasant? How would your survey come back? Would it come back with answers saying they're a unified body? We see Jesus in them. 
We see them affecting lives. You know, maybe, maybe he'd come back, well, you know what? I don't know anything about the church. I don't know anything about the people. Jesus is saying here, I want my body unified and, so, and, and, and growing together so that my love comes out of them, Lord, the same type of love I have for you, the same type of love you have for me to what? See souls saved. To see lives changed. Is that unity and that love you have for each other coming outside of these four walls, affecting your community, touching lives? That's what Jesus Christ wants. He prayed for unity, but He also prayed that others would come to the saving knowledge of Him through the unity of the body, through the love that they have, that that would want others to come to the saving knowledge of Him. He prayed for that. And then, Jesus prayed for our destiny. Get that? Wow! Wow! He prayed for your destiny before you were even considered a human being. Before you were even, before you were even conceived. Jesus Christ prayed for your destiny. The God of all the universe, the creator of everything. All we've learned about. That we're a speck on a golf ball sized earth. He prayed for your destiny. What an awesome God. What an awesome Savior. Father, verse 24, Father, I will that they also whom has given me be with me where I am. Get that? Did you get that? Father, I will that they also whom thou has given me be with me where I am. Where is Jesus? Now. In heaven, on the right hand of God, making intercession for us. And He's praying to His Father before He goes to the cross of Calvary to die, that His heart's desire that someday we would be with Him. He prayed for your destiny. The God of all creation. That's got my name engraved in His hand. Prayed for my destiny before I was even thought of. Before you were thought of. That I, that they would be with me. He wants us to have a relationship with Him. Not only here on this earth, but someday when we leave this earth, to be with Him for all eternity in heaven. Folks, get it? That little speck that we are. Jesus says, I want that little speck with me in heaven. I want that person with me. Because I love them. And he, he created us, but He loves us. And He wants us there. Wow! Now folks, doesn't that get you excited? Say amen! amen. Doesn't that also humble your heart? You know, this morning in Sunday school, I'm sitting there, and I don't want to embarrass anybody. Okay? So I'm going to try really hard not to embarrass anybody. But I'm sitting there beside my wife, this young lady sitting in front of me and her husband sitting right beside him and we're seeing the conclusion of this video and it affected my heart because I'm like, here's this galaxy that's 
just a humongous billion. And it goes on, to, the video's going on, and the earth is out of the picture, and Mars is out of the picture, and all, the, all these stars are out of the picture. And then God, you know, created all this, and you can't even see me, but God sees me as a speck on a golf ball, and He loves me. He wants me to be with Him. And this gentleman and this young lady in front of me, so I'm wiping tears. Because that affected their heart. That affected my heart. God in heaven wants me to be with Him, and He wants you to be with Him. And He prayed about it before He even went to the cross of Calvary. The God that created everything. Folks, if that doesn't want you to serve that God, you know what? You better look at your heart to see if you have a relationship with him. If you know him personally or not. His prayer was for me to be with him in heaven where we'd be surrounded by his glory. You know, and just to think. You know, our brother Sunday school class was talking about the stars and how the stars are going to fall from the sky someday and, and the sun will be gone and we don't need any of that light because Jesus Christ in Revelation says will be the light, will be the glory. We won't ever need time again or weeks or months or anything like that and we won't need light bulbs or electricity because Jesus Christ's glory will shine and Jesus just prayed, I want them with me in heaven to see that. To be there for that. How awesome a God we serve. How awesome a God. And so often, and I do it myself, folks, we sit back and we just take that God for granted. We just take this earth for granted. We just take the moon and the stars and the, and the, and the, and the planets for granted. We just take it all for granted. But then we see that that almighty God prayed for us. They created all that. And wants us to be with Him. Folks, if that doesn't make you want to serve Him, if that doesn't make you want to be a part of that family, then you need to look at your heart. You need to look at it and say, what's keeping me from wanting that? Wow, what an awesome God, folks, we serve. When did he pray all this? When did he pray all those prayers? Before he went to the cross. Before. It just shows God's great wisdom and Christ's great omniscience. Before he went to the cross of Calvary, before he went to Gethsemane and, and weep bloods and, and, and sweat bloods of tears and wept and cried because he knew the cup he was going to take, he was praying for you and for me for unity, for we'd be one, that our love would shine forth to affect the other worlds around us, but also he prayed for us that we could be with him. The Almighty. And so often we just take that for granted. So often we don't think about that. But what an awesome God. What an awesome Savior. And then, after he prayed that a short time later, he went to the cross. 
He was nailed. He was beaten. He went to the cross for you and for me. Verse 25 through 26 in closing. O righteous Father, the world hath not known Thee, but I have known Thee. And these have known that Thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them Thy name. And will declare it, that the love wherewithin Thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Again, he comes right back and say, talking about a relational prayer relationship. A relational love relationship. Talking about the, those who come to relationship with him. He says, I love them. You love me. Father, I love them. May they love me. Let me ask you a question. Do you love Jesus? Do you love Him? With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength. How many of you this week told Him that you love Him? How many this week told Him by opening up God's Word and, and dusting, taking the dust off from, from sitting there from last week, opened up God's Word and read and seen the love that He has for you, and then you turned around and said, Jesus, I love you. Thank you for creating me. Thank you for wanting me. Thank you for wanting this little speck on a golf ball. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for loving me. Jesus Christ prayed that we'd have a relationship with him. He prayed for the lost to come to the saving knowledge of him. And he prayed that they would feel his love and that we would love him back. What an awesome prayer for our, from our Savior. He prayed for us to grow in unity, to know our destiny, to show forth his love. He prayed for that. All knowing that he was going to be standing and his back ripped open with the cat of nine tails. With the crown of thorns being planted, and that planted means woven together and then jammed on his head. With nails running through his hands and his feet, with a, and, and, and nailed to a cross of Calvary. Being denied. Jesus knew all of that. He knew all of that was coming. The creator of our cosmos, the creator of all universe, knew that was coming. But he prayed for you. He prayed for me. That speck on a golf ball who's got his, our name written on his hands. So let me ask you, in closing, do you know that Savior? Do you know that, Lord? Do you know Him personally as your Lord and Savior? Have you ever taken the time to say, Jesus, I need you as my personal Savior. I see how much you love me now and what you went to the cross of Calvary for for me now. And I see how much you love me and you love me that much that i got to have a relationship with you. And folks, the only way you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is believing in your heart, confessing Him with your mouth. Jesus is your Savior. 
It's not by coming to First, First Baptist Church of Mount Pleasant. It's not by how, how many good deeds you've done. It's by grace and faith in Jesus Christ, the one who prayed for you before he went to the cross of Calvary. And then believers, isn't it easy sometimes just to take that off for granted? It's so easy. You know, it's easy for me to do that. And then I read about the love of Christ for me, the creator of all. And it just wants me to say, Lord, use me more. Let me show forth my love to you more. Let, let others come to know you, Lord, by using me as your tool. Thank you, Jesus, for loving this speck of dirt. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for having my name engraved in your hand. This speck of dirt. Lord, take me, use me, however you want. How about you? How about you? Probably not very often you get a, a pastor who comes and, pray, and preaches and calls you a speck of dirt. But that's what we are, folks. We're a speck of dirt. But Jesus Christ, the creator of all, God in the flesh, prayed for you, speck of dirt. And he loves you. And he wants to have a personal, close relationship with you. He wants you in heaven with you. He wants the body united. And he wants other lives affected because of the love he had for you.